to the White Gardenia Business Podcast, a show designed to help you simplify your strategy and grow your brand. I'm your host, Hunter Holbrook. So when Hannah and I first started White Gardenia, all Hannah had was an iPhone SE. And this was like from 2016 or something like that. And that's what we used to take her pictures, her videos, and that's how we posted them to social media. And for the longest time, we kept wishing we had an actual camera. We still actually, that's one of our goals eventually is to invest in a professional camera so we can take our own pictures. But we wanted to take better pictures. We felt like the quality wasn't good enough and we were really wanting to build a solid reputation with our pictures and our videos and we just felt like it wasn't doing it for us. But over and over, uh, again and again, we kept getting comments on Hannah's photos of her home goods. She would post uh, photos of her products, of her workspace, and we just kept getting comments on it, on her branding. Now, Hannah would edit the photos consistently. She had a strategy. She used uh, whites and neutrals with pops of color. Uh, It was a really fresh, airy Uh, just kind of a crisp look to her pictures. Uh, But at the end of the day, even though we were getting all these comments, it was still just an iPhone. It was an iPhone SE before the iPhone 7. So I don't even think it was shooting in HD. It may have been. I can't, I don't know. So here's the thing. For most of you as entrepreneurs, all you have probably is your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android. But here's the thing. That's okay. Today on our podcast, um, I'm interviewing Jacob Fry. Jacob is a director, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. When everything happened with COVID, our church needed to step up our game when it came to film. And so Jacob volunteered to help us out, and he made such a huge impact and such transformation with everything we were producing as a church that we ended up hiring him, and he's continuing to help everything that we do just be so excellent and so much better. And so this interview uh, is where he shares some tips from his experiences as an entrepreneur, as a filmmaker, and he gives some tips about how to use your iPhone to take really high quality photos and videos. In fact, while we were filming during the COVID and quarantine thing, one of his secondary cameras that he used was his iPhone. He used it for the, the wide shots, and it was actually really high quality. So uh, it's really encouraging, especially for those of us who just have an iPhone, that you actually can produce really great footage and pictures with just an iPhone. It's a really great conversation, and uh, in this conversation, we also talk about his experiences as an entrepreneur and just his philosophy on what to put out online. So it's going to be a really great Uh, encouraging time. So here's my conversation with Jacob Fry. Jacob Fry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, Jacob, you're, you and I have been, we really just started our friendship uh, when COVID started. You Mm -hmm. came into Eastridge, the the church where uh, we both now work and you really helped us get our stuff online with uh, mm-hmm. film and audio and just, just that whole package. And so it's been, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last couple months. Likewise, man. So, but I'm really excited to talk to you, uh, Jacob, about just your experience in film 
your experience as an entrepreneur. And I really think that what you have to say and what you have to share is really going to help our listeners. And so uh, why don't you just take a minute and, and tell us what all you do, um, your title and just what all that entails. Oh man, that's tough. I do a lot of things. Um, I guess the thing I do the most, I'm a filmmaker, um, specifically a director of photography. I work right beside uh, a director. They have a vision. Um, they may get a script or, or something like that. And they work with me, tell me what their vision is, and I make it happen visually. Right. So, so you, you make, you execute it. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm head of the camera department and the lighting department. Yeah. Um, making sure we all look good on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there are subtleties and different color choices and lens choices and camera movement that can all kind of speak to a certain mood. Right. Um, so, so I make sure that that, that part of the vision is, is uh, clear as well. Yeah. That's a really cool role to be able to take someone's vision, a director's vision and really just help bring it to life. Yeah. And, um, so I, I love how, how you define that. So uh, can you just, just to kind of tickle our ears a little bit, can you tell us some of the higher profile projects you've worked on? Maybe some of the movies or series that you've worked on? Yeah. Um, did a little bit with hunger games. Um, and that's so cool. Cause I was filmed here in Georgia and just right in our backyard kind of. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm in Atlanta. Um, man, it, I forget things I've worked on. There's just uh, too many. <laughs> well, I, uh, there was a movie called ID Theft, uh, Barely Lethal. Necessary Roughness was a TV show I worked on. Okay. Um, there was a, like a Wayne's, the Wayne's Brothers, like a project they did, and, and several others. I, I didn't, I did movies for like a year or two, but got out of that because they just take so much of my time. Really? I mean, you're on a show for like three to six months and they kind of own you for that period of time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you eat there, you know, you're not, you, when you have lunch breaks and dinner breaks, they provide food, like yeah. they're just always there. So I remember like friends being like, Hey, where have you been? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I've been working. So you mentioned hunger games. I know that's, you know, for a lot of our listeners, that's probably one of the highest you know, profile projects. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did on that project? So that one was one of the first movies I worked on. So I was below the line. It wasn't anything like a huge position. I was in locations. Okay. Um, so it's uh, getting locations ready to film, um, making sure all the permits are there, making sure everybody knows where to park, you know, kind of the, kind of the logistical part of yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Um, making sure that we're protecting the location, that the yeah. film, film crew's not destroying <laughs> these places as well. Does that mean so. you were scouting out locations too, or, uh, sometimes I would go on scouts, but, um, the director of photography and the director, um, and locations manager, uh, they're usually doing those. That's location cool. Scouts, so. so were you ever on scene with any of the, the actors like yeah. Lawrence or um, any of those? those yeah. Guys? So in that role, like I said, sometimes you got to make sure that this crew's protecting uh, the location and also that they know where certain things are on that location and they yeah. need it. So yeah, I got to be on set with Woody Harrelson and yeah. uh, what, what are the, whatever the big names on that movie. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. I can't Jennifer remember Lawrence Peter's name. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were all pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, but you, so you're not just a filmmaker. You're also, you've got an entrepreneurial bone in you. You've, uh, had some entrepreneurial efforts. Can you tell us some of the different things as an entrepreneur that you've, you've tried over the years and just some of your experience there? Yeah. I mean, obviously as a filmmaker, I've, I've, um, started a production company or two. 
um, on my own quickly realized that it's hard to do that kind of work by yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'm more on the creative side of things, not so much on the business side of things. Um, so, so those were kind of hard to get off, um, yeah. off the ground, but, uh, I love, um, woodworking. So yeah, I've, okay. I've, um, I noticed you build, you build some of our sets by hand. Yeah. And, and I've, I learned that through being on set at some, at some point, uh, in my process, I was a prop maker yeah. and helped build sets for some of these shows and stuff. So I learned a lot of, uh, uh, stuff there. So did you start a wood, like a craft business? Yeah. Or? And I'm in the process of doing that now. Are you um, really? Yeah. With, with COVID it slowed things down. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wanting to dive back in and get that going. Are you making like, what are you making furniture or props or eventually I want to do furniture right now. It's just small things like some shelving units and just small side tables and stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Eventually I would love to build bigger things, but that's awesome. I don't have the time. So I want to go back. You talked about starting the, the production manager business and correct me if I phrased that wrong, but, um, can you talk to us a little bit about how, like, did that end or how did that end that, that effort, that business? It did. Um, it just, there's so much that goes into filmmaking. Um, you gotta have a crew and all those things. And like I said, I was, it's hard for me to focus on business and the creative at the same time. Yeah. So one of them is going to suffer. Um, okay. so you really need a team for something like that. Um, and I, I am in the process, uh, a, a buddy of mine started a rental house, uh, for like camera rentals uh-huh. and, and gear. Um, and he's a lot more business oriented than me uh-huh. in, in those, uh, in that way. And I am teaming up with him to, okay. to start something small, um, and go at it this time with a, with a, with somebody to help me. Yeah. Along. You got a little bit more support. Yeah, so he can focus on the business and I can do the creative stuff. So what did you feel like you learned in that that process of, of that that effort kind of coming to an end? Did you feel a sense of failure or did you just kind of feel a reset or did you feel like you had a sense of clarity of I'm not so great at this, but I'm more passionate about the art artistic side of it? What were some of the thoughts and things you learned from that? For from sure. That I, I don't ever look at, I don't know if I'm weird or what, but I don't really look at things as failures. Um, yeah. That's such a healthy mindset for an entrepreneur too. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like, I'm consciously trying to make that decision, but I just, I love to just keep going and going and going. So like yeah. if something doesn't work, I just try something else. Um, and I, and I look at it like, okay, that didn't work. Why? Well, uh-huh. Let's break it down. This is probably why. What are some things that you're good at? Not good at? Was it me personally? Something yeah, you know, just um, really taking a step back and analyzing it and not being yeah. discouraged by it, but using it as an opportunity to grow. Absolutely. Like I'd, I'm not going to waste a failure and get down on it. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying to, trying to figure that out. I, I don't remember what the, what your question was. Just but, the um, stuff that you've learned. You feel like you've learned from some of the stuff that maybe didn't quite go so well. Yeah. The biggest thing that I had to learn and it took me a while is I cannot do everything. Yeah. Um, I may know how to do a lot of things and I may be capable of it, but there's just not enough time in the day, um, to get that many things done. And, and if I do get obsessed in a certain area and getting things done, then other things and other responsibilities are getting neglected. Yeah. Um, so then I get behind on other tasks and then it just snowballs from there. And that's a really, that's a hard thing to balance, especially for someone who's just starting out with a business because you are doing everything. Mm -hmm. 
that's really you have to know when to start delegating stuff out especially the stuff that you're not strong at you know i have a tendency to think that when i launch something it has to be this huge launch ready to go all the production every yeah in my head yeah and it has to be perfect i think that way too learning to have a big goal but break it down yeah and to just start where you are i'm never gonna be ready yeah I'm just not. Yeah. Um, in my head, things are so big. And they're never going to reach that at that moment. They, I have to, it has to gradually get to that point. Yeah. Like if we're going to do a product launch or something like that, in my mind, there's got to be all this, these videos to help promote it and these posts leading up to it. But just starting off, sometimes the best you can do is just to get it out there because the world needs what you have to offer. Yeah. And just do your best with what you got. And that doesn't mean... You sacrifice quality, but you just get it out there. I think what the reason that I'm that way is because I've worked on big product commercials where you have 50 people on crew and you have so much money and you have the best equipment. Yeah. Um, And so me trying to replicate that sometimes on a small scale, it's just not going to happen. Quality can still be there on a small scale, but I had to learn that like, Jacob, you're not, you don't have the, that crew. You don't have that equipment. Yeah. Um, do, do something very well with what you have and be okay with the final product. And I'm, I'm speaking to a uh, uh, video wise. Yeah. Um, so just learning that was huge. Yeah, uh, as absolutely. Well. Yeah. Well, I'd love to kind of shift gears a little bit too. You were talking about video and with all of your experience in video and, and with, you know, on, an online presence, you know, you came on. Uh, on staff here at Eastridge and uh, you, you didn't even you didn't start on staff you started as a volunteer because you saw what we were trying to do with moving all of our stuff online we couldn't meet in person anymore and you stepped up and really just uh, helped us take things to the next level and we what we produced what you helped us produce was something that we were getting comments about from all these you know, bigger churches or bigger church consultants about just the the excellence of it. And so we were just doing our best and, but you helped us with our online presence. And so uh, my question to you is when it comes to video and a a company or a brand, you know, um, what are some of the, the key things we need to be thinking about with our online presence? Obviously quality, that's going to grab people's attention. I mean, you're out there competing with a lot of different businesses and different ideas and people with different budgets and things like that. Don't let that discourage you, but with what you have, do the best you can. Yeah. Um, my, the main thing is don't let it be distracting as well. Like whatever you're putting out there, whatever you're filming, make sure it's make sure when they press play on that video, they can very quickly understand what it is you're, you're selling or what service uh, you're trying to, what are, some, what are some examples of things that might be distracting? Um, you know, birds in the background. So just like People. the stuff that we typically don't think about with a selfie video. like Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, a lot of times we watch commercials and stuff and we see people talking in the background. We see all this going on. But those people, when you're filming it, they're faking it. Yeah. In the background, they're paid to sit there and just move their Move lips. their mouth. <laughs> yeah, so we think, oh, they're not going to be able to hear us. We can hear it in your microphone. Yeah. Um, just just things like that. Um, just whatever you can do to eliminate some distractions uh, and so, so that the audience can hear you clearly. Um, 
and like so camera angles too and everything like that yeah so they're paying attention to you not the background if they're paying yeah. attention to the background that's not good because they're yeah. not they're not listening to what you're saying yeah um so that that's big and and making sure that what your what your idea is what your product is what you're trying to get people to uh hear that they can't understand it so mm-hmm. practice what you want to say yeah um write you a little script out you know 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 enough about uh, your product and things to where you can and not be stumbling over your words yeah. and things like that. And what, what's good about that is if you've written it out several times, you've rehearsed it, then mm-hmm. you can leave room to be authentic Yeah. because you're not so worried about what you're saying. You're like, oh, I got this. You've internalized it and you can yeah, actually just you can kind of, kind of just be yourself. Yeah. And that's being authentic is so great when you're trying to, when you're a small business, that's what yeah. people want. Well, that's the next thing I was going to ask you is I, what I'm seeing a lot online is there's this balance between excellent production and just authenticity. You know, uh, I tend to think that everything has to be really produced and polished, but what really has been resonating with people is some of these high profile leaders just simply getting out there and sharing. So take Jimmy Fallon with the tonight show and you know, he was doing it from his living room and it was resonating with people. You know, it was just, it was, uh, making a, a really great connection. It wasn't produced, you know? Yeah. So what, when it comes to that balance of authenticity versus, um, production, where do you, where do you stand and, and what kind of advice can we give to some of the, our entrepreneur listeners? Yeah, there's, there's obviously a balance and it, and it depends on the size of business you are and what your budget is. But if you are so focused on having the best looking production or the best looking video, you may be starting to lose, you may not be thinking about being authentic Yeah. in yourself. So then I would say, to me, it's more important to be authentic. Honestly. Okay. If you're a small business, you can work on your craft, uh, making your videos look better, yeah. learning more about that. But I would say you want to start with being authentic. You want to start there. What does that look like? What does it look like to be authentic for a leader? Because I, I feel like sometimes when I hear that idea of being authentic, I think of you know, shaky camera, bad camera angle. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. So like when we talk about being authentic, what are we, what are we talking about? I got you. To me, it's who, who's the talking head who's speaking in the video, right? Like, are you coming off as arrogant? Are you talking down to people? Like, how are you, are you passionate about what you're trying to sell or what idea you're trying to do? Do you really believe in it? Exactly. I mean, we all know that guys in sports they get paid to advertise these products things like that you know we get that yeah but you don't want it to come across that way right um and so that's what i mean is like how are you speaking to your audience yeah um can they are you relatable yeah are you you know like it wouldn't make sense if you're a landscape company and then in your video you're in this really nice suit and you know to me that's like whoa there's a disconnect there yeah you know um, just thinking and, and knowing who your audience is, um, you know, who's buying your product, kind of re- try to relate to them. Yeah. But that's what I mean by being authentic, like just being, being real. I know? think that's going to be really encouraging to everyone listening because I, I feel like a lot of people, you know, whether you're just starting out or you have a small business, that's easy to do. It's easy to be authentic. You know, we don't necessarily have the time, money and other resources to We'll pull off a big production. So the fact that I think being authentic really resonates with people is it should be really encouraging to a lot of business leaders because of how 
it's easy to do that. You know, yeah. it's easy to pull out your phone and and do a relatively well, you know, quality video, but be authentic and share your heart with the, with the people. Yeah, for sure. So you know, be authentic. On the other side of that, you do want to make it look like you care enough about your business that you took the time to set up a camera, yeah. your phone, put it on a stack of books if that's all you have, you know, or something. So it's like, oh, he, they care about their business enough to do a great job yeah. with the video at the same time as being authentic. And, and you can really, I think, sell a lot of people that way. Absolutely. Know? We're going to take a quick break to introduce a new segment called the three-year-old CEO. I'm going to interview the world's youngest CEO, who just happens to be my daughter, Katie. This has absolutely nothing to do with business, but it is very cute. Katie, are you excited to be on the White Gardenia Business Podcast? Yeah. All right. Hey, so you are the CEO of your little brother. Do you love your little brother? Yeah, I love your little brother. What's his name? His name is Bubba. Bubba? That's his nickname though, right? What's his real name? Yeah. His name is Mommy. No, it's not. His name is Samuel. Come on, you're the CEO. You got to know this stuff. His name is Bubba. It's Samuel. It's Samuel, but we call him Bubba. What is the hardest part about being CEO of your little brother? And CEO and your brother. Yeah, what's the hardest part? And the hardest part is It's trying to do the, the White Gardenia Business Podcast while he's your little brother and while he's asleep, right? Yeah, he's asleep, right? Yeah, I hope he's asleep. Yeah. So what what do you do in your spare time? You know, being CEO of your little brother is very difficult. So what do you like to do for fun? I like to do be changing with Bubba. You like to do what with Bubba? I want to be changing with Bubba. You like changing with Bubba? Yeah. Like changing your socks? No. I want to change Bubba's diaper. You like changing Bubba's diaper? Man, you know, I would pay you even more so if you did that more often. Now, you're very fond of climbing trees, right? You love to climb trees. Yeah, I love climbing out on trees. So you could say that you like to hike and do a lot of active sports in your spare time. To just it helps you blow off yeah. steam, doesn't it? Yeah, Baba said we sleep. What is it? What is this? It's a, it's your microphone. Oh. Hey, so one last question: What would you say um, to all those aspiring entrepreneurs out there? What what piece of encouragement would you do give them? There's a wall spider on outside the porch. There's a spider outside the porch. So make sure you spray, get some ortho home defense, and so that you don't have to worry about that when you're doing yeah. business. Papa just scrubbed the spider world and he just scrubbed that. Yeah, that's one of the hardest part about C- being CEO of your brother is when he gets into things like spiders and yeah. stuff and you got to take care of him. Yeah, I got to take care of him. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on the White Gardenia Business Podcast. I love you so much. Yeah. You want to say goodnight to everybody? Yeah. Say goodnight. Goodnight. Say I love you. I love you.
So you mentioned, you know, using your phone and maybe even just a stack of books. Um, I feel like with a lot of our business leaders or a lot of new entrepreneurs out there, they probably, when it comes to video, they only have their phone or mm-hmm. their iPhone, whichever version they have. And so I love, do you, what, what tips can you give us about using um, our iPhones and producing a really good quality video with just our iPhones or, or even minimal equipment that we could purchase, you know, so what are some, what are some tips? And you mentioned, you know, stacking books, what are some things you can tell us about using an iPhone? Yeah, for sure. So technology is so great these days and it's a lot cheaper to get into film than it used to be. When I started out in high school making videos, I had a cam, you had to buy camcorders. Yeah. And it was on these little mini DV cassettes. With that's like the actual tape. Yeah, it was it was still tape. <laughs> yeah, um, it's and everything mini. had a different size too. All the different videos. There were like, there were yeah. This was like the last I think format before everything went to like SD cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you would plug it in your computer and you would press play and it would it would like pull it off your computer and playback. So it took so long. Yeah. Nowadays you can plug in your phone. I mean, you have an amazing, and the quality in your phones are way better yeah. than any, any camcorder we were able to get then. I mean, there are some filmmakers who make their films with an iPhone. Absolutely. Like, I, I want to challenge myself soon to like, hey, I'm going to go film something with just my phone. Yeah. You know, natural light just to get creative with it. Well, and um, when you helped us, that uh, Eastridge, get online, you know, one of the cameras you used was obviously a really high quality camera but the secondary camera you used was your iphone yeah it was yeah uh, my, my the b camera yeah. sighting a wide shot was it was a phone and i was able to match them okay but yeah so don't so it's be, encouraging yeah it is encouraging because the phones the video the image they're producing today are incredible i, yeah. I see some of my friends make stuff with their phones and i'm like oh holy cow that's you did that's so nice looking. yeah and um, there's so many free editing softwares out there and, yeah absolutely so don't get discouraged about that um so what I would say do is turn your cam, turn your phone landscape mode, which means Always landscape. how you would watch a movie, Yeah. right? Turn it that way. There are times I feel that you can do portrait where it's vertical. Depends on the app you're using. Like if you're posting to an Instagram or yeah, something. Yeah, if it's for Instagram or something like yeah. that. And if you're trying to give that feel, that, that like, you know, hey, I'm like you. This is on my phone. Yeah. You know? So, uh... What is it? Horizontal? That's... Um, so landscape vert- is horizontal landscape. and then vertical is portrait. So vertical is really, if you want to relate to people or, or post it to socials or something like that, it's not necessarily something that's more produced. Yeah. I mean, it, when I see people who I know have a lot of money, they're like uh, celebrities or whatever, and they film vertical portrait and yeah. they post it on their socials, I'm like, oh, cool. They're they're yeah. like a normal person, right? Yeah, they're they, sharing they, it from their couch or something So there are like times that. to do that and have that style of video. If you're trying to go a little bit more professional, do um, you know landscape horizontal? So even just shifting the the, the uh, orientation of your phone makes a big yeah, difference. That helps. I mean, we we watch movies that way. That's yeah. what we're used to. That's how um, we view life. Our TVs are widescreen. Yeah. Movies are widescreen. So yeah, if I would I would say let that be your default. Um, and if you're looking right at the camera, uh, just center yourself. Um, Go ahead. Okay. It's the easiest thing to do is just to center yourself on the phone. Yeah. There are times to be kind of off axis, but usually that's when we're not looking at a camera. Okay. We're looking at someone who's interviewing us, you know, so we're on like either the right or the left side. So c- center is a good default. I would just go ahead and do that. Um, just center yourself. 
don't have your camera so low that we're looking up your nostrils. Yeah, so I, as eye level as you can. Eye levels, eye level would be great. Um, yeah. You can go slightly under, um, and the reason for that is like in film, if we want someone in video, we want someone to look, uh, have a bigger presence, we'll bring the camera down a little bit, and that makes them look bigger. Yeah. Meaning more important. Uh, if we ever want someone to look belittled, like if I was shooting a movie and I wanted someone to look belittled a hmm. little bit and kind of down, I would shoot them a little bit above eye level, and it kind of makes them look a little smaller. You know? Is there a, is there an angle to make you look skinnier? Um, I mean, maybe you can turn to your side. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, lighting has a lot to do with that as yeah. well. But so I, I want to talk about lighting too. But like for us, I bought to help with the the angle and and you know, being eye level, I bought just a, a microphone stand, which is like 20 or 30 bucks. And then, mm-hmm. uh, an iPhone clip that I could clip my iPhone to the, to the microphone stand. And just that in itself yeah. is really, is really cheap. And there's so many different combinations of equipment out there you can use. Absolutely. To go, to go a, search on Amazon that. and you can find something. If, if you were like, Oh, I got to film something today and you don't have any of that. Yeah, just find you a table, stack you up some books. Yeah. Uh, make sure your phone's not going to fall over. Um, be close enough to your phone uh, as well to pick up audio. The closer you are to a microphone, yes. um, it's going to start drowning out some of your background noise. We'll better hear you a lot better. But you don't want to be so close that we don't, like your head is all we see in the frame. Yeah. So get as close as you can. Like I, I'm thinking uh, maybe from belly button the top of your head you know yeah um, try to get try to get that much in frame it's a little awkward when someone's way up in the frame and you know, you're like well you're in my personal space yeah yeah you know it's too close yeah too close so, I, I heard once um i don't know where i heard this but if if an if a video's sound is bad then the video is bad yeah you can be forgiven for bad video um if there's good sound. if you have good sound absolutely yeah um it, it's just it's it's painful sometimes to watch videos if there's bad bad audio. Yeah, and so like if you go like we talked about the other equipment, you know, a mic stand or anything like that. But they make iPhone microphones and adapters and all kinds of different options that are really affordable if you're looking to kind of up your game with some of your videos. And mm-hmm. actually, we're recording on micro, uh, iPhone microphones right now, yeah. and uh, the quality is really good. You know. Yeah, it is. Uh, Rode is a brand that makes yep. uh, really good uh, microphones for iPhones and things like that. So, I mean, if you've got a little bit of a budget, get, get you a microphone. Yeah, it's an investment, um, but with where we are right now, I mean, you're going to be making videos if you're a business leader. Yeah, so it, it's worth the, the investment. Um, and it's not a huge investment compared to, I mean, you can go deep in the pocket with yeah. film gear, so be careful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and know too that, hey, I don't have a good, uh, my microphone's probably not going to be good in a windy environment. Well, then don't be in a windy environment. Like, yeah. then, then stick to inside until you can get a better microphone. Yeah. Like, film within your limitations. Yeah, and just be mindful of what sounds are going on in the background. Yeah. And if you can, eliminate as much of them as possible. I've been on so many Zoom calls lately where I just hear birds. Constantly <laughs> hearing birds. Someone's outside, and it's like, yeah. you know... Um, and it is very distracting because you yeah. can't hear what someone else is saying. And I think what it is is Zoom is hearing that and thinking it's maybe someone's voice, and so it's amplifying it or something. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the frequencies cutting through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any like I said, if um, just search on Amazon for different things. Um, center yourself up. Try to be eye level. Shoot horizontal. 
be close enough to where the mic can pick you up. Right. Um, and also, there are a few apps. One I use is called Filmic Pro. Filmic Pro. Filmic Pro. It's um, if you're trying to go a little more cinematic. You know, okay. it's not necessary, but if you if you want to up your game a little bit, um, it's got some good features in that that'll override some of the automatic settings in your phone to where you can manually start manually start adjusting things. Can you give us an uh, example of, of what, some of the ways you use that app? Yeah, so like for me, uh, I shoot 24 frames a second. That's okay. just like a standard cinematic uh, frame rate. Okay. Um, phones are probably going to shoot in 30 or maybe even 60. Well, um, the new iPhone, you can choose your frame rate. Okay. So I'd love for you to be able to speak into that too. Yeah, so if you have that ability, great. I don't have the new iPhone, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's not necessary, but a lot of your commercials and things, and, and definitely movies are 24 frames a second. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to be real cinematic when you're shooting a little video yeah. for Instagram and, yeah. and socials. But if you do want to, if you do a specific video that you want people to take more seriously, maybe try to make it look a little more. What uh, is the cinematic. frame rate? What is what kind of an effect visually does that give to the film? There's more motion blur. Uh, with 24 frames as opposed to 60. So like sports, they're going to shoot it at 60. Okay. Um, because those guys are running. It's really crisp. Yeah. If you were shooting 24 uh, for someone running with football, it's you'll see motion blur when they're moving fast. And you probably don't want that for live sports. So it's just a little bit more pleasing, a little yeah. you know, easier to watch when there's a little bit of motion blur. It's just... Honestly, we've watched so many movies and we've watched them from the time we were born till now. Yeah. We're accustomed to a certain look of cinema. That's interesting. It's just, it's ingrained in our brain at this point. Um, and so we, we recognize if you don't know much about filmmaking, you, you subconsciously know that look. So as soon as something 24 frames a second pops up, it gives you that like, Oh, professional feel. It's so interesting. Yeah, it is crazy. Does frame rate, is that, uh, affect your ability to film in different light settings as well it does so like some of your old fluorescent lighting and stuff are probably going to flicker in the camera um if we use 24 24 okay uh 30 you're probably okay um yeah it's just the frequency at which these uh, lights are actually flashing you don't see that fluorescents are flashing but they're actually flashing very fast and sometimes that's why people get headaches if they're working in an office with fluorescent lighting. They don't know why they're getting headaches. It's because it's flickering and it's messing with you. That's so interesting. Yeah. So if you're listening and, and you have an iPhone where you can change those settings, maybe just do some experimenting Absolutely. a little bit. Always and, experiment first before you shoot. Yeah, and just kind of just see what what it looks like and and uh, and then you know go for it. And and with those apps, you can change your white balance. Um, so like if you're outside, the light is kind of blue. You want your yeah. camera to be set to that. Um, or if you're inside where you've got warmer lights, you're going to want to set your white balance uh, to that setting. Does that make it so that um, we don't show up like yellowy in the camera? Yeah. So if your white balance is off, you can be really orange or really blue. And that's, <laughs> and that's distracting. You, you want to try to be neutral. And sometimes you're going to have a mixture of lighting. Uh-huh. I would say whatever the majority of light you have. So Just if you're, for that. So if, you're, um, if you've got a lamp on in your room that's a warm incandescent bulb that's fine but the most of your light coming in is maybe through a window then i would set my white balance for that if you're using these apps now 
the iPhone, if you just open up your camera, it's going to do all that for you. It's yeah. going to try to guess what you want. Yeah. But if you specifically want a certain look, then you yeah. want it. So if you're apps. using your iPhone, it probably will do a lot of that for you. If you want to take yeah. it to the next level, you know, look into some of those apps. Yeah. But Jacob, you're talking about some of these lighting concepts and strategies. Talk to us about lighting when it comes to just even using our, our iPhone. You mentioned fluorescence and uh, you mentioned windows. Mm-hmm. Like what are some best practices for lighting? Yeah. And, and forgive me if I get too deep into uh, like professional cinema and stuff. Lighting <laughs> is so important. That's the main thing I do on set is light. Uh, right. We call it painting with light. You know, if you've got a scene where something's a little dark, it's going to give you a different feel if there's a lot more light in the room. Like you're just going to feel differently. Right. Um, so I would say free businesses, you're going to want a lot of light. You want people to f- look at it and you want them to feel good. Energetic. If you're shooting, if you're shooting in a dark room, yeah. you know, and you've just got a lamp, little bitty lamp on you, it's probably not going to want to encourage people to, to, you know, go to your website and things like that. So you do, yeah. you do want to have some light, right. um, starting out sun is free. Natural you know, light, the natural light. So the best way to do that is to get right next to a window, not outside, but by a window inside. Yeah. I would say start inside. Um, and then once you start to feel better about the positioning of where the sun is and you know, what make, what looks good on your face, then work your way out outside. But, but, yeah, but when you're outside with the sun, it can be pretty harsh. It and can you really be. want light that's more diffused and softer. Yeah. So, uh, little, little, like I said, diving a little deep into some filmmaking, the larger your source of light is, the softer the light is going to be on your face because it's wrapping around your face. Mm-hmm. If you take a flashlight and put it at your face, that's a small source. It's going to be, you're going to have harsh shadows on one side of your face. Okay. Um, now, if you take that flashlight, if it's bright enough, and you shine it through a, a bigger piece of paper, let's say, yeah, to where that, uh, the, the, diameter of that beam that it's putting is filling up the whole paper uh-huh. it's going to be softer now because the light source is bigger is that related to distance like how far away the light is from you or? yeah yeah so if you've got a decent sized light and you bring it closer to your face got it it's gonna it's gonna be bigger relative uh, to where it was and a little harsher it's gonna be a little harsher so your phone will expose for your face and it's actually gonna make the background darker though interesting because it took down the exposure because now your face was brighter. So now your face is normal, but it because you didn't add any more light to the background, now your background's darker. And that's, that's a whole other concept of inverse square law with lighting and stuff <laughs> that I, I won't go down. All that technical stuff. Yeah, but as a general rule, what I would do is look at a window, like face the window. Face Don't the window. have the window behind you because it's probably going to be blown out in the background, meaning yeah. it's going to be so bright and overexposed it might be distracting. And to make you look like a silhouette on the yes. camera. Um, uh, so get close to a window. Um, and if the sun is shining directly in the window, right. Put a bed sheet, a white bed sheet over your window, something to or, or some the... shears or your curtains. Yeah. Um, as long as they're a neutral color curtain yeah. and what that's going to do is it's going to diffuse that light. It's going to make it look really good. Now if it's, the sun's not directly shining in, then you don't really need that. Right. It's just, if it's a direct light, but what that's going to do is your window is a big source. It's going to make it look a lot softer. Now, if you have glasses and you're looking right at a window, we're going to see the glare yeah, in your We're not going to be able to see your eyes. If you can take your glasses off, great. If not, you're going to maybe want to turn to yeah. the side a little bit 
but then one side of your face is going to be a little darker. So if you're okay with it, great. If you don't like that, well, maybe you want to add yeah. uh, some some source to the other side to kind of fill in. Well, when it comes to the angle of the light, I, I've heard you talk about how with it with light being on one side of your face and it being a little darker on the other, it adds a uh, a dimension, you know, a level of dimension. Mm-hmm. Which helps because on a screen, everything is just, you know, two-dimensional. So, can you speak to that a little bit? It does. You're looking at a two-dimensional screen. So, as a filmmaker, I want to try to make subjects pop off the screen. Make them feel three-dimensional. So, I'm telling you to put the the window, like, stare right at the window. That's going to make your face flat. Yeah. But it's better than being in the dark. Yes. So if you want to make it a little more dramatic, turn a little bit just, to where you're just not. angle a little bit. So angle. So one side of your face is just a little darker than yeah. the other. Don't get crazy with it because it can get really dramatic, and yeah. that might not suit your video. Yeah. Um, but as just a quick thing, you know, just use the look. Just look at the window yeah. and have your camera right there in front of the window. Yeah, this is just basic stuff that we can do for any type of video. And with these phones, the sensor in them is very small, so it doesn't collect a lot of light. The lens is small, it doesn't collect a lot of light. They love light. Yeah. Um, They're not the best in low light. Right. So know that limitation and say, okay, well, then I need to shoot during during the the day. Don't think that you can shoot during the night unless you have a lot of artificial light. Um, Starting out, you're not going to be able to probably make artificial light look natural. So right. just use the actual natural, light. natural light. So I think those are some great tips, really, and tips we can use like today. Mm-hmm. Business leaders could go and make a make a video today using those tips. And there's so many on YouTube. People film. Yeah. I think now if you look at like Zoom, make your Zoom calls look better. Things like that. You'll probably yeah. stumble across some Absolutely. of these tips. One last um, thing I wanted to ask you, Jacob. Yeah, one, one more tip is is background. You know, what, when it comes to background, how far does, away does it need to be? What needs to be in the background? What, what are, what's your, your view on that? I would say don't ever shoot with your back right up against a wall. So don't, yeah, okay. You're going to cast a shadow on the background. It just doesn't look good. It looks a little cheap. Yeah. Back away and allow there to be like some stuff in the background. Yeah. Um, it, it just adds depth to your your video right. it allows the audience to breathe a little bit. If you're in a corner somewhere, trust me, it, it the audience is going to kind of feel a little claustrophobic. That's so interesting. And we use that as a tool in filmmaking. If we want the audience to feel that way, we will put them in a smaller set yeah. with a different type of lens to make us feel a little more claustrophobic. So yeah. open it up. Um, get you know, get on the other side of the room right. so that the corner of the room is way in the background. And whatever's in the background, take a photo first. And if you see something distracting, then get rid of that distraction. So if you see something that's hot pink in the background and it doesn't quite fit your brand yeah. or whatever, maybe take that out. You know, or but something. just be mindful of, of yeah. what is in the background. It doesn't have to be necessarily picture perfect. Although if you have the time and you have the, the space, you can set up some area in your house to be yeah. photo ready. But For sure. Um, just, but just, yeah. just, I think it sounds like the key is just eliminate distractions as much as possible. Yeah. And that's what I was saying at the beginning is, you know, this is, yeah. is, you don't want things to be distracting. You want people to be able to hear what you have to say. Um, so eliminate any, any reason for them to not listen to you. Absolutely. You know? Um, but yeah, those are, those are some, 
good things. And like I said before, don't have a huge bright window in the background. Um, that wouldn't be so good either. And that's a great way to maybe put some of your products in the background or yeah. something. You can advertise at the same time. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, and, and also with that, I'll, I'll, I won't go much more into this, but like if you have plants in the background or something, you want to make sure those aren't coming directly out of your head. Out of your head, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, there's a there's a limb coming out We've of my ear. We've all made those ear. jokes, yeah. You know, maybe place that plant to one side yeah. If you do frame. have a deer mounted on the wall... Get out of get out of yeah, view. <laughs> absolutely. So just just those things are something yeah. to think about. Yeah. Well, Jacob, I think those tips are going to be so helpful. Even just talking to you is a great reminder of, of some of those things. Um, to kind of wrap up our conversation, do you have any advice for uh, you know our, our our business leaders when it comes to entrepreneurship or film? Any other last pieces of advice? Uh, something that I've learned and still learning, and wish I would have learned it sooner. Is I think I've said this before. Use what you have. Use what you have. Don't um, don't go down this trail of, oh, well, I have to have $20,000 of equipment first before I can make a video. No, go yeah. ahead and make a video and then grow into that. Yeah. And you may never need $20,000 or more. Um, you may never need that. Right. But start with what you have. Start somewhere and then grow yeah. into that. Don't go in debt um, trying to get equipment and things like that. Yeah, um, I think that's great. And, you're, and I feel like your customers and audience will grow with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, because what you have to offer is too important for you to wait for it to be whatever level of perfect that we think it needs to yeah. be. And that's very hard. And I'm, I'm, I struggle with it myself. Like I yeah. said, I want everything to be this big thing out of the gate. Yeah. But sometimes just something subtle and, and using what you have now is the best thing to do because you're actually putting it out there and you've gotten started. Yeah. And that's half the battle. Half the battle. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jacob, thanks so much for being yeah. on the show. I really enjoyed just getting to talk to you and hear a little bit more about your experience and hear some tips. So Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it was so cool to hear some of Jacob's experiences, uh, some of the projects he's worked on, which were really cool. And uh, it was awesome to hear those tips for using an iPhone. He's actually taught me a lot of strategies and tricks for getting really good footage on an iPhone. And I've actually used some of those tips for the stuff that we've put out and the things that we've been filming here at White Gardenia. So I hope this conversation has maybe given you the confidence you need to get out there and make it happen, even if you only have an iPhone. Uh, one of the things I loved that we talked about was it doesn't have to be perfect. Get it as good as you can be, your content, whether it's a picture or anything else you're producing content-wise. Get it to be as good as you can and then get it out there. And the whole reason is because people need what you have to offer. The world needs what you have to offer with your business. So uh, don't worry about just striving for total perfection. Just get it to be good enough and then get it out there and get after it. Thanks for listening to the White Gardenia Business Podcast, where everything is designed to help you simplify your strategy and grow your brand. We'll see you next time.